0: I may see. Join me to slow down and tune in with the depths of the soul, crafting new rhythms to help us move through the messiness of life and faith. Episode 4 The Parts of Us We Don't Like When you hear someone say, I've never seen that side of them before, what do you hear? As a counselor, if I hear a client say this in a session, maybe they're talking about a friend, what I hear is that it felt as though they encountered a new dimension of their friend's being that they hadn't previously seen. Usually this translates in the back of my therapist brain as, oh, they just encountered another part of this person for the first time. You've maybe heard of parts work as inner child work, shadow work, or IFS, internal family systems. Most simply, parts work, or talking about parts of us, is an approach in the therapy world that helps us understand and work with the different facets of our beings, especially when it comes to internal conflict. And when I first started to learn about parts work, I found it so interesting that I started to notice people naturally speak like this a lot. Whether they talked about seeing another side of someone or saying things like, part of me knows that God is fill-in-the-blank with some theological statement, but another part of me is just really confused, angry, sad. I quickly realized that This idea of parts was really helpful when trying to make sense of frustrations in our spirituality, especially with the parts of us that we can't make sense of or that we get frustrated with. And a lot of this came from my own personal work with my spiritual director, who integrated parts work into our times together. In this episode... We're going to use this framework of parts to explore getting to know the parts of us that we don't really like. The parts of us that are often uninvited from our spiritual formation, that we might even try to cut off as a part of our spiritual formation. Getting curious about what has shaped these parts of us that we don't like and how a different perspective on them might relieve some of that internal tension we can experience with these facets of ourselves. Before we dive in, I invite you to take a nice, deep breath. Really letting yourself take a moment here to anchor in the present and just pause. And now, the parts of us that we don't like. Really, these are likely the parts of us that we generally hope other people don't see for fear that they might say something like, oh, I've never seen that side of her before. Maybe when you think about a part of you that you don't like, you think about a version of you that doesn't speak up that claims you're fine and you don't have a preference when you really do, and then you later hate yourself for freezing or appeasing yet again. Maybe what comes to mind is a part of you that gets really stressed out or reactive. Maybe friends or family tell this version of you not to freak out and to just calm down. Maybe you think of a version of you that gets really scared and anxious and has been made fun of, feels embarrassed when this vulnerability pokes through, feeling like this tells the world around you that you're weak. Maybe you think of a part of you that takes over and avoids conflict or confrontation of any kind. And no matter how many times people try to tell you to man up or learn to have difficult conversations, it's just too overwhelming. The versions of ourselves that we don't like are often associated with other people making us feel shame and us shaming ourselves. These are also the parts of us that are often most in need of God's tender care, the depths of our souls that long for God's compassion and kindness, or maybe have lost hope to receive compassion or kindness from anyone. And what's really sad is that we are often so frustrated with these parts of ourselves or dislike them so much that we are entirely out of tune with their vulnerability and inherent dignity. We frequently cast these parts in the role of the bad guy, scapegoating them for what's wrong with us, maybe telling ourselves that these versions of ourselves are bad and don't deserve God's mercy or care. Maybe that's not something we would speak out loud, but it's something that's felt at a gut level. With the curiosity we've been talking about in the last couple of episodes, let's slow down for a minute and think about how we approach the parts of us that we don't like. Do we try to shut these parts of us off? Do we blame these parts of us for why we're not happy or not loved in some way? Do we even try to pray these parts of us into line, spiritually shaming them, believing that if we could just change their behavior, all would be well? One way we can think about this is to simply pause and let our mind get curious about how we envision these versions of ourselves. Anything that I've said so far that has resonated or brought to mind a part of you that you don't really like? How do you imagine this part of you? As you're imagining them, what is their posture like? Or even their facial expression? How big or small do you imagine this part of you is? How old or young do you envision this part of you to be? As we bring to mind images like this, we're really inviting ourselves to see the humanity in every part of us, the inherent dignity of being God's image. We sometimes miss this with our own selves, so imagining a part of us that we don't like as an embodied person can give us a different perspective. And in that different perspective, we're often able to notice vulnerability that's underneath the surface, vulnerability we might otherwise not see. I encourage you to continue to be curious about any visual representation of a part of you that you don't like that might pop into your mind, slowing down to notice if there are any nuances of vulnerability or facets underneath the surface that might be easy to miss at first glance. To help us with this, we're going to reach back to that thing called neuroception that we talked about in episode one. This is simply our brain and body's 24-7 scanner to keep tabs on whether or not we seem to be safe, looking to see if there's potential risk or threat around us, physical, emotional, relational, or otherwise. And remember, when it comes to neuroception, It's not about whether or not we're objectively safe. It's about the body's perception of whether or not we're okay. Whether or not we're going to be okay. These parts of us that we don't like, they are so frequently hurting or protecting something that's hurting. Whether it's a specific wound or a lifetime of wounds, There's generally deep pain somewhere underneath the surface that gets poked and provoked. And this is where the neuroception thing comes in. Our body's perception of safety, or lack of safety, will be shaped by what we've experienced with the world around us. What we've experienced in life will tune that 24-7 scanner to detect safety or threat in specific ways which will in turn prompt certain protective strategies to pop up in response to things that don't feel good or feel threatening to our system in some way. Another way to say this is to say that our neuroception, our brain and body's perception of whether or not we're okay, will prompt parts of us to react in certain ways beneath our conscious awareness based on a gut level sense of what's happening around us. Let's look at an example to bring this to life. For years, there was a part of myself that I would scapegoat as being bad. The me that was too stubborn and too loud. The me that was too reactive. The me that wasn't as serious as she should be that was too rash at times and overreacted. I viewed this part of me as a problem to get rid of, a problem I wanted to be free from. I genuinely did not like this part of me. I I felt it was a younger version of me that needed to grow up or get it together. And I thought there was something wrong with me because I couldn't get rid of this part of me that didn't seem to have the fruit of the spirit or success with spiritual discipline sticking. I honestly didn't view this part of me as having been equally created in God's image, or a part of me that might have some reasonable context for reacting in certain ways. I didn't consider vulnerability or pain beneath the surface, let alone consider if God would want to tend to that pain or vulnerability. And this part of me would most frequently pop up when I would get frustrated. Say, a friend flaked out on plans last minute, and it wasn't the first time this had happened. My immediate reaction would be to get really angry and impatient with them. If I could freeze time in one of those moments, the components at play would be something like feeling a drop in my gut, and then feeling my heart start beating faster. I might sigh in frustration or vent to someone else around me and then get stuck in frustration. And in that frustration, I would then shame myself for being so reactive, for being so unkind and impatient in that reactivity, for not having a more gentle spirit, wondering what was wrong with me that I couldn't connect the peace and patience I could access in a devotional with moments like this. And let's be real, being human and having relationships is full of frustrations. So I had plenty of spaces throughout life to feel this over and over again. For me, none of this shifted until I started to get curious about what was happening inside. With the help of my spiritual director, therapy, friends, I began to see just how activated my system would get in certain moments. And in the example of a friend flicking out on plans, while I had previously viewed myself as acting like an inflexible younger version of me who needed to be more patient and kind, I realized that beneath the surface, I was hurting, which was fueling my reaction. It was the sting beneath the surface that prompted this part of me to react. I realized that those moments poked a specific pain point for me, sending a message that I didn't matter, a message that made me feel small, unseen, forgotten. And for me, this was a raw spot, a wound that I had carried with me a lot of my life, a wound that had shaped my neuroception realizing this helped me begin to see that the reactive frustrated part of me on the surface was really protective guarding against the more vulnerable and uncomfortable pain of wondering oh do i not matter to them do they not care about me or do they not care about our friendship with these puzzle pieces I could begin to make sense of the muscle memory I carried with me. I could understand how my brain and body would perceive and decide for me that it seemed too overwhelming to really feel the pain beneath the surface and how it was a safer choice to guard the sting inside with frustration and impatience. It's certainly more comfortable to be frustrated than it is to feel small or unseen. So the reactions were really like a protective strategy to cushion the pain beneath the surface without me even realizing it. It was an entirely new perspective to realize that my brain and body would decide for me to react in ways to try to keep peace or feel safe. And this made me see these parts of me, especially the parts I don't like, in a whole new light. Beyond curiosity, I could even start to feel compassion and accept God's warmth and compassion in spaces where there had only been shame. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not making excuses or trying to give us license to be harmful to others or to try to make other people responsible for our reactions. I'm simply talking about Personal processing to make sense of what happens for parts of us, especially the parts of us we don't like, so that we can understand them and work with them towards something new and beautiful. More on that in our next episode. My reasons for not liking the reactive part of me just really boil down to misunderstanding this version of me especially the holistic embodied ways that my nervous system was involved in my reactions. Not to mention God's heart to make all things new and right. I have to believe that reactions driven by our nervous systems to protect old wounds fall in the category of things that God longs to make new and right. For today, In the same way others invited me to be curious about the versions of myself that I didn't like, I'd love to invite you to be curious about the parts of you that you don't like. How do you think the parts of you that you don't like might be misunderstood, whether that's by people around you or by your own self? What's the story or experiences that live on inside for these parts of you, driving your nervous system to get activated into stress or overwhelmed into shutdown? Another way to ask this is, what are the narratives that shape the muscle memory for these parts that react before you can think? The invitation in these questions is to get curious about what happens with reactions you don't like, to consider what might inform your nervous system's decision to ramp up into activation or shut down and overwhelm, to get beneath the surface to a gut level of what's happening inside. And When we get curious like this, it gives us an incredibly different perspective to have on the parts of us we don't like. Rather than viewing them as problems to be dealt with or heretical parts of us that need to get rid of their doubts or just need to read a Bible verse, we can instead borrow from God's compassion to consider what has shaped them and how that context reasonably informs certain reactions or protective strategies that are trying to keep us safe, trying to keep us from pain or experiencing things that seem too overwhelming. Again, this isn't about making excuses. It's an invitation to understand and tend to the depths of the soul, moving into a wholeheartedness in the entirety of our embodied beings. All right, that was a lot. Let's take another nice deep breath. And as you transition from here into the rest of your day, I hope you take with you some curiosity about parts of you that you don't really like, considering what has shaped them, how they might be misunderstood, and what might be going on beneath the surface. Thanks for joining me. Subscribe and follow to catch more episodes. Until next time.